This podcast series is supported by members at Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. Bridges help connect and build communities. You can even say that breweries do the same thing. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron, and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer, and I have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself to be an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers on what sets them apart from the rest and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest and the North American continent. It is made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I'll be profiling the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. In this episode, I'm in North Vancouver at a brewery that is known for creating not only a solid range of core beers, but great experimental ales as well. An added bonus, they are a zero-waste operation. There's two parts to this episode today. I'm going to be talking to their brewmaster in just a little bit, but first, I wanted to get the backstory on the brewery. My name is Lee Stratton, and I'm the Director of Consumption here at Bridge Brewing Company. That is an awesome title, Director of Consumption. Yes. Uh, What does that involve? My job is to get people to drink more of our great Bridge beer. Mm -hmm. And it is great because you do offer a great selection. So... How did you guys start? We love drinking beer. We were never home brewers. We are firm believers of letting professionals um, do their thing. And, so, the, and this is you and your husband? My husband and I, Jason, yes. Yeah. So we love drinking great beer, and we just couldn't find any really great local craft beer. We were living in Calgary at the time. Mm-hmm. We're both originally from the North Shore and wanted to come back to the North Shore to raise our family and thought, well, we drink lots of beer, and there's not really much local beer. A lot of the local ones had been bought up by Molson's or any of the big companies, so we wanted to come back and start our own brewery. And what year was this? Well, we opened in 2012, but this was probably three, four years before we actually started discussing it and thinking about it. So is this your original location where we're at? No, we started off in 930 square feet, so extremely small because we did not want to mortgage our house. We wanted to have something that was very sustainable. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were no real craft breweries in Vancouver. There's a couple small ones, Storm and R&B, but they didn't really package. They didn't have a tasting room. So it was definitely a different concept from what we were doing, and they were making great beer, but delivering it mostly kegs straight to pubs. So we wanted to change the landscape a bit. So started off quite small. And introduced growlers definitely into Vancouver. You and your husband, Jason, did you make the beer originally? No, we had a brewmaster mm-hmm. that we worked with that came up with all of the great flavors. And he was a friend of mine that I had worked with in the hospitality industry at a hotel. So he was the executive chef there. What was the first beer that really grabbed your attention that kind of kickstarted the idea of, you know, maybe a brewery is a good idea for Vancouver? I wouldn't say there's one beer. Uh, mm-hmm. I like all different kinds of beers. So mm-hmm. it's anywhere. I would probably say the first beer I really enjoyed was the Wild Rose from Big Rock. Mm. When I was living in Calgary, I worked at a pub that had 24 different beers on tap, and that was epic. And it was such a challenge to remember 24. Now we have pubs that have 120, but that was definitely groundbreaking with 24 beers on tap. Mm. 
Tell me about those early days when you opened. Was there like a big rush of people in from the community willing to support you, or did it take a time to kind of grow that fan base, as it were? There was a big rush. We had a lot of people knocking on our door saying, are you opening a brewery? Are you opening a brewery? Because they could see us moving in and you can't brew beer until all you have your licenses in place. So it did take a while for that. We first rented the location a year before we actually opened the doors because it took that long just to get everything properly in place and did a lot of test batch in the meantime, but we weren't able to sell any of the beer to the public. And so when did you move to this location? We moved here two years after um, we had opened, so in 2014. And when we had originally came up with the idea of a brewery. We didn't have the location, so we had all of the the equipment shipped to our house that we were renting on the North Shore. And it was just sitting in our garage. And our neighbor is a retired fire chief, and his son's a police officer. So they came knocking on our door and said, are you opening a meth lab? Because that's what it looked like. (laughs) So if I had, I'd have a lot more money, but this is a little bit more legal. So we're happy to be doing it this way. Or you could have had an epic brewery in the garage (laughs) too, yeah. Is there like a defining moment for you guys in terms of the beer that you were making that you went, you know what, here we go, we need to expand. Like when when did that growth curve really start to kick in that you had to leave that location? I'd say after six months. Um, Mm. And we're very... We're very cautious uh, from a business standpoint. We do everything with purpose Mm -hmm. and for a reason. We don't just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. So we started very small and wanted to make sure it was sustainable so that we could focus on the beer. And if I want to put a really expensive but really unique hop in my beer, I want to be able to do that and not have to worry about, can I pay rent this month? Or what will the investors think? I want to be able to say, no, this is the beer I want. I'm going to make this awesome beer. It might cost a little more, but this is the beer that I want. So that's why we keep all of our costs definitely in check. And we started off extremely small uh, and focusing on the beer in the bottle. You have a bottling line out there. What is your uh, reach? Uh, We go to Washington State, out to Newfoundland, out to Nova Scotia, uh, all the prairies as well. Coast to coast, really. Yes, we're missing Quebec and Ontario in the middle. (laughs) Hopefully one (laughs) day. Yeah, hopefully. It's funny because they got to go through those provinces again. <laughs> um, so at this location, it's beautiful. The sun's shining today. Um, how busy does this place get in the summertime? It gets extremely busy. We do about 800 people a week through the tasting room, and we just put the patio in. So we haven't had that previously. So it'll be our very first summer with that, and we're excited to see what that brings. We also are selling tacos. So we have a kitchen now and are able to offer food to our guests. And previously, we just had our tasting license, so we could only offer one glass per person per day. And now we've got the ability to people come and have lunch and enjoy a couple beverages. What's one of your favorite core beers that you make? I'd say my favorite core beer is our bourbon blood orange. And that's the big seller, right? It is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love it because it's uh, it's still it's not um, a fruity beer. There's citrus tones to it, but it's not like you're drinking a Rattler or anything like that. It's still, definitely a great wheat beer with some good flavors added to it. Were you surprised at the popularity of that beer? Um, I don't know if I was surprised. I mean, we we started off as a cask and it just sold out immediately. And then we said, oh, wow, this is a great beer. That's what we really like to do is test batch everything. Mm -hmm. So be it a cask, be it just in our tasting room. And then we judge what uh, what our guests like and what our consumers are enjoying. So we'll put a beer out there that we were not too sure about, like our side cut, for example, and it just went on fire on social media and everybody's calling their friends. You got to come down here. You got to try this beer. And it was a Tuesday night and it was gone within an hour. And so something like that surprised me for sure that our side cut, uh, and it's an amazing beer, but a Northeast style IPA was brand new to the area. So we weren't sure what people were going to think and what the reception was going to be. 
and it just flew out the door. So where does the name bridge come from? We came up with bridge because um, not only is the North Shore connected with the bridge, but we find that bridges build communities. Um, you cross a bridge to visit your friends, and it's something that's a very positive way to make connections with people. And that's what we want um, with our beer, is that you make connections with people over it. So we really like the large format, the growler or the bomber bottle, so that you can sit down and share it with someone and really build a community around that. Yeah, there just seems to be a, like a recent explosion in Vancouver of the number of places that are opening. Do you see that as competition or healthy for the environment of craft beer in Vancouver? Definitely both. So it's competition because a restaurant will only have X number of lines and you're all fighting for the same lines or there's only X number of spots on the shelf. But the more people that are making craft beer, the more people that are enjoying it. So I also look at it kind of like a food court and that if you're a standalone restaurant in the middle of the mall, you're not going to be doing too well. And that's why they put everybody together because then it brings that many more people to the area. And it's definitely done that with craft beer is that more people are enjoying it and the more breweries that are opening up, be it Steel and Oak in New Westminster, that now people there are enjoying craft beer. So then maybe when they come to the North Shore, they'll come visit us. Whereas if they hadn't had that first amazing experience there, then they wouldn't have gotten into craft beer in the first place. Is there further expansion plans beyond this? Or are you guys kind of happy with the location in at the moment? Uh, we're happy with the location. I've built two breweries in four and a half years. So not, I'm not eager to build another one. Um, but my husband is very focused on growth. And it's always, um, how can we bring more great beer to consumers? And every time we... Uh, max out on our capacity, we get another tank. And we have um, two 80 barrels that just arrived and we're still running out of beer. So it's definitely looking at at how we can grow. Again, we always want to be sustainable. So we don't want to grow so big that we lose our focus on the quality of the beer. We want to make sure that we're doing it slowly so that not only is the beer stays exactly how we want it, but that we're not overextending ourselves and then risking our employment and our staff's employment. If somebody was wanting to open a brewery themselves, what would be some advice that you'd be able to give them? Uh, the same thing everybody told me, don't do it. <laughs> and I think that's why we did it. We met with a friend that was in, uh, he had a brew, a couple of brew pups. And he's like, don't do it. It's way too much competition. So I think that's when someone tells us no, that's when we say, okay, well, then we're going to do it to prove you wrong. I think it it is kind of everything that we expected. Uh, the first three, four years, we were down here working every Saturday, Sunday, our kids don't play soccer or really do anything on the weekend because they were always either at the brewery or with a sitter because we were here working all the time. Now it's at a point where we can um, hire people to work on the weekend, so it's a little bit nicer that way. But I, going into business for ourselves, I knew it would be a lot of hard work and I knew it would be evenings, weekends, all-encompassing. Um, if you've got the right passion, then you'll be successful at it. And if you have the knowledge and the focus on great beer and a good grasp on numbers, then I think you can definitely go after it. And if, if that's your dream, then you can make it a success. Is there anybody locally that's really inspiring you with what they're doing that you think you could incorporate here? I, I think everybody. We get a little bit of inspiration from everybody, from Steel and Oak social media to Strange Fellows and their community and their really unique beers to Parallel 49 and the reach that they have, that they've done with their market, um, all the way to House Sound with what they've done in the community in Squamish and the um, just what the brew pubs become up there is such a great hub. So all of those breweries really, I think you take a little bit of each one and say, they're doing it really great. And this person's doing it really great. We were just went traveling for spring break and stopped at all, all the breweries um, along the way. And we're able to go and say, wow, look at this. This is really cool. Can we get a little bit of this into our brewery and taking some great ideas from different places and, and making it your own. For somebody visiting your uh, tasting room here for the first time, what would you would hope be their takeaway from their first experience here? 
what amazing beer and great customer service. And that's our two focus. So uh, if someone's new to our tasting room, if they're new to craft beer, I would hope that they tried everything and found something that they liked and found something um, that they would want to dig a little bit further so that they come and say, oh, I only drink lager. And they try a Kolsch and say, wow, this is really great. I really like this. And then start developing their palate further down until they're able to enjoy beers across the spectrum. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was Lee Stratton of Bridge Brewing Company. Now I wanted to hear more about the beers in detail. And for that, I turned to Bridge Brewing Company's brewmaster. I'm Kerry Dyson. I'm the head brewer with Bridge Brewing Company in North Vancouver. And how long have you been here? I've been here for about uh, two and a half years now. Cool. And how did you get involved with Bridge? Uh, well, uh, when I was in, uh, at UBC in uh, post-secondary, I uh, was the pre- very keen on, on brewing, and I was the president of the UBC Brewing Club. And from there, as soon as I graduated, I immediately uh, went to every brewery in the city and dropped off resumes and bothered every single brewer uh, just until somebody finally picked me up and Bridge took me on and I've been here ever since. Have you worked as like a brew hand or something before this? Or? I, so I started, uh, started as an assistant brewer and then worked my way up. All right, yeah. cool. And how did beer find you? It's, uh, I guess it kind of started, I, I first the first time that I like really realized that craft beer was something that it like something that it just blew my mind. Um, I had a cask of uh, a watermelon wheat by R and B actually. And it, it just blew my mind because before beer was just kind of fizzy and yellow and like this one cask of a watermelon wheat, it just blew my mind. And I'd been doing some other, other like fermentation stuff before I did. Uh, I used to brew a lot of mead actually. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to throw my hand in and try to see what I can do with it and try to try to make that watermelon wheat again. And it, First one turned out really well. The second one didn't work out at all and kind of refined my process ever since. And so, so you realized that you had to learn how to get the consistency, right? Oh, it's, yeah, always. You're always like, there's there's a million things you always got to keep, you, keep your mind on. But uh, yeah, consistency, I think, is one of those key things that like everybody really needs to focus on. There was a lineup of beers here at Bridge before you arrived. But have you kind of tweaked the lineup of like what the standards are, or are those still kind of in place? Yeah, so we we like we've always got our, our staples, our core core brands, um, and then we'll as the seasons turn, we will bring in our seasonals and our rotators. There's beers that like have been a staple forever, and like making very small adjustments too, just because you don't want to shock your your regulars and say like, this is what our our IP used to be. Now it's totally different. Just small, small changes, trying to make it better all the, all the time. So, what are those core beers? Probably our, our biggest beers, hand, hands down, the the blood orange bourbon wheat, and it's not one that we started with. We started off just with a couple of beers. We had uh, the North Shore Pale Ale, uh, our Kolsch All Out Stout, and the Hoplana, which is uh, an IPA, and those are the the four that we've we've always had and we're probably going to have forever. They're uh, our core core brands. Uh, and then and now we're kind of introducing more more things to our lineup. So we've got our blood orange bourbon wheat, which is now a, like a staple that we'll have year round. And then also our side cut, which is our Northeast IPA. And there's a couple of awards up there on the shelves. Are those for the cores? Yeah, actually, it's you, most like we've there's a, there's a number of awards. So uh, all of the cores have won something. And then uh, depending on what the the beer is some of our some of our seasonals do really well and sometimes we'll like all right it's a seasonal it's a one-off it's it's done and then other times like oh we we want an award like people like this we need to bring this back cool so how big is this brew house we just got a new brew house in september so uh before we were brewing on a 10 barrel brew house and the new one is uh 30 ish so we've got an oversized mash tun and grist hopper and then the kettle is about 30 barrels so we can squeak out, uh, we can do f- uh, 40 barrel high gravity brews for anything less than 5%, 5.5% or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other than that, we have to split it up and do double brews. Well, okay, so when we're taping this, uh, the sun's shining, it's a beautiful day. There is a bit of franticness in the city because summer's coming. 
Sounds pretty busy back there. Is this kind of your average Friday or are you ramping up production for the summer now? This, this is more tame than usual. We're, um, we're actually uh, we're doing a kettle sour and we're souring it over the weekend. So just one single brew. We don't have to, to finish it. It's going to stay in the kettle over the weekend. So this is, this is much more tame than usual. But it's just production has been ramping up like crazy. Every, I'd say every three months, we get a, a new piece of equipment or something. We're doing a big upgrade on the, on the brew house or the, our efficiency or our production. So we we just got it just recently, like last week, we got a new uh, eighty barrel tank. So we're we're ramping up our production and slowly gearing up. But it's always you're you're always climbing. You're always uh, trying to trying to do better. And I saw a bottling line back there too. Yeah, we uh, we've got a custom built bottling line. So we do three fifty fives and six fifty mils. So we can do either the six packs or the bombers on it. Uh, and then we uh, get uh, West Coast Canning to come in to do our uh, canning. So we do uh, the four pack tall cans as well as six packs. So we've got yeah a lot of a lot of different pro- like all of our products in a lot of formats just to make it a lot easier for for the consumer. What's your favorite beer to brew? Uh to brew that's because <laughs> uh, inevitably it's usually the harder ones to brew are kind of my favorites. They're it's a bit more of a challenge, but they're they usually are a lot more rewarding. The favorite one to brew, I'd have to say probably. Uh, we we I, I, we're almost finished with it. The um the Rhine Ginger. It's an amber ale. Uh, and we add ginger throughout the the whole process three different ways. So we add uh, powdered ginger, fresh ginger, and candied ginger. And I kind of like the, the continuity through through adding this ginger through different different ways. Uh, you're getting these different qualities. Because if you have them on their own, they're just very different flavors in it's, general. Yeah. It's crazy. So I, I, I brewed a ton of pilots and tried them all and had one just with fresh ginger and one with candied ginger and one with powdered ginger. And the fresh, you get like that, that ginger bite, like the mm-hmm. heat and the the candied ginger, you get like a like a sweet rock sugar quality. And then the powdered ginger had the cleanest flavor. Uh, and it's kind of like together they're greater than the the sum of their parts and it's it, it's really interesting how to see it it comes together and like this is if, if it was just one of these it wouldn't wouldn't be the same it'd be a lot easier but it wouldn't be the same what's your favorite hop i'm a big fan of topaz i think i think topaz is one of those hops that it's it's getting a lot more recognition now but it's just got such an amazing aroma and flavor profile and like they're, like I love, I love all hops. There's, there's so much that you can do, even with some of the stuff that people like used to use, and they're, they're like they've given up on it. But like Bramling Cross is amazing. Uh, if you get a, a, a beer that's done really well with uh, with Chinook, it's it turns out fantastic. But mm-hmm. my 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 go to my my secret weapon is probably Topaz. And uh, what's kind of the profile of that? Like, what makes it so special? Uh, it's it's got like it's similar to to all the, like the, the the really nice hops that everybody's using, Simcoe, Citra. Uh, it's got that like huge tropical profile, but uh, it depends on how you how you use it and how heavily you dry hop with it. So it can go from from maybe just like a, a pineapple flavor, and then you can. Uh, you'll get like this guava guava notes coming through, or you'll, it'll start off kind of tangerine, and then it'll if you like dry hop a little bit less, but like continuously, you're going to get more of like a clementine aroma coming through. And it's those. It's not just like just a citrus flavor, but it's it's these like very particular citrus flavors that you can pull from it, which is really nice. Cool. From your observation, because you've obviously I've I've seen you at different beer events and stuff. That's how we met, but. How have you observed the growth of craft beer in Vancouver in recent years? Like, what's surprised you the most? It's cra- it's crazy that it's still going. I, like, I'm, I'm shocked at it because because every time I and I, I go to I go to all, as many craft brews as I can and pop in and say hey and every everybody's always coming up with new stuff and I, like there's 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 got to be an end but I don't see it coming anytime soon. It's just it's amazing seeing like the innovation, the stuff that people are doing, and new styles or bringing back old styles or creating something that like should exists uh, like just like making a hybrid beer there who i was talking with somebody and they're they're doing a uh, a northeast uh, a northeast lager like a, a northeast ipa lager which is like 
that's not a style. Those are almost opposites. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's so much but innovation and creativity. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like I want to try that. Let me let me know how it goes. So there's there's a huge amount of creativity, and that that's kind of like what just like astounds me every time I go out and be like, oh, they're doing they're doing crazy. They haven't done barrel stuff before. They're doing barrel stuff now. This is amazing. Is there a favorite brewery of yours in Vancouver you like to? pop by yeah I've, I've got two um because I'm, I'm i'm very much a big fan of like trying new new and interesting beers so i usually my, my go-to's are um either storm brewing and they make crazy beer all the time and you'll you'll never get the same one twice and it's it's like very distinctive like kind of crazy so mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean like i'm still mourning for that pineapple upside down cake that i had a while ago that yeah, they did. they've like, got yeah. pineapple upside down cake they've they've got like a a mojito pilsner or a pineapple pilsner or a hot lips but like they just they'll take their base beer and then throw anything into it and sometimes it works out sometimes it's like the greatest thing that you've ever had and you'll never have it again because no other brewery is willing to make it and then you'll have something like oh i i have regrets this is there's a, there's a mango mango salsa ipa i think it was and it's like it was spicy it was really spicy but it tasted like mango salsa yeah. The other one I really enjoy is uh, probably Callister. Um, Callister, it's uh, kind of like a, a brewery co-op and it's four different brewers brewing under the same uh, facility. So you get very distinctive styles because every every brewer kind of like brings their own and say like, I, I focus on sours or IPAs or traditional British cask beers or whatever whatever they, they prefer. And they they kind of ha- find their niche and then you can go there and you're getting these very distinct beers and every every brewer has three or four three or four uh, draft lines and you can try all these different beers and it's yeah always always a treat yeah so we're in a uh, interesting spot we're not in vancouver per se we're on north vancouver side of, of the bridge uh how is the public here what's their uh, reception to you guys like are you guys just busy on the weekend when you're open and how is the how is the beer received yeah, so yeah, we've we've been in North Van for for quite a while now, and we're I, like I tentatively say we're we're a, sta- a staple of North Van, so we get a lot of a lot of locals coming in. But we're right beside the mountains, so we get uh, in the summer we get tons of people that are coming down uh, that have just finished mountain biking or hiking or very much like active in the community. As soon as like five o'clock hits, this place just fills up weekdays, uh, like especially five o'clock, it just gets packed. Um, we just started a food program, so now we have people that otherwise they'd normally just come for a beer and now they're they're here for hanging out for a couple hours instead so yeah a huge support from the community and very much uh yeah trying to be a part of that always apart from the varieties of ginger what has been the craziest creation that you've made here uh i don't know that's kind of tough because they're they're all they're all like a little bit different in their own ways nothing nothing like abominable and crazy like we've done like uh our dark rice sour saison was uh it was was pretty intense and then we it's it's still going right now we've got uh some of it tucked away in uh, oak barrels mm-hmm. um with different mixed cultures so like i think that that one's going to be something to look forward to and it's going to be definitely like a little bit different but yeah not like one of the like really important things that we we're always trying to focus on making sure that like the beer doesn't get too crazy and we want it to be drinkable like very like very much like easy drinking like all anything on our lineup you can probably have like two or three or four pints mm-hmm. side cut notwithstanding but uh yeah, it's, trying, like always trying to make it accessible for the uh, the consumer. Now, were you involved in the creation of the Blood Orange? Because that's just, it's such a different style beer. And it's kind of interesting that you say that's kind of part of your core lineup. So like, what is the story behind that beer? 
Yeah, actually, like that one in particular has a as a good story. It started off as a cask. Um, we we've got a cask program, and every every week or so, I'll, I'll make two or three casks, and we'll have one in the tasting room, and they get sent out to different places. And the casks are kind of a, a space for us to to try different like flavor combinations and um, seeing how different beers work. So we tried out. Uh, we just had like a, a regular American American wheat, and tried to do a play on um, and an old fashioned. So we added uh, bourbon, and we had uh, citrus in there as well. And the casks we made two of them, and they they sold out instantly and it was it was crazy and they were it's absolutely phenomenal so like okay like this this could be a thing so we we put together a pilot recipe and brewed the pilot and that sold out instantly and did a small batch of 15 barrel batch and then a 20 barrel batch and then a 40 barrel batch uh and every time it was just instantly sell out and it's kind of it's now it's become one of our, our core brands and it started off Probably that was hands down the most labor intensive beer when we were first doing it. Cause like, all right, when you're, when you're doing a pilot, like zesting, zesting a couple oranges and juicing those oranges, not a, not a big issue, but when you're brewing it into a 5,000 liter tank, then it's, mm-hmm. it's way more oranges than you'd expect. And uh, we got it down to a bit of a science. So we'd be using a, a drill on the, the zester so we can burn ah. through those oranges really quick. Right. But right. It's still, still a ton of, ton of work going into it. So how often are you brewing that beer then? Oh, just over two times a week now with the new, new, 80 barrel tanks where those are pretty much dedicated blood orange tanks because that's that's what we sell the most of and it uh so hopefully we'll get, we'll get it down to like one and a half brews a week but right now it's just over two and it's it's like very much the the go-to beer so is everybody surprised by the popularity of that beer i don't know like because like i i drank it throughout this whole process and it like it's good it's really good and it's it's super easy drinking and it's it, like it's a mouth, mouthful to speak but it's it's really refreshing and in the summer it's fantastic it's kind of my my go-to beach beer i'll i'll bring it out but it's 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 fantastic and I, yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not that surprised i am i'm a little bit shocked at how much we have to produce but it's good and so if somebody was wanting to get into brewing in general like not full-scale production just nice home brewer what are some simple tips that you can give them uh, to make better beer? I know everybody says it. I'm going to say it again. Like sanitation is the most the most important thing because if you if you that's if you miss out on that one step, uh, your, your batch very much could be potentially ruined. If I'm you speaking from experience too, I've experienced that. Yeah, yeah. if you if just, you just my siphon I didn't clean and it could be the smallest thing. And yeah. if there's other things that you can kind of work your way up to, like if you we're, we're in Vancouver, we've got fantastic water. If you don't want to add any any salts to your to your water you're okay. You can get by with and still make a, make a really good beer. But if you don't have impeccable sanitation, then you can't make a good beer. It's not going to, it's not going to work out. So that's, that's the biggest one. The other thing I would say is try to make it as easy on yourself as possible because it's, it's more important to brew than to try to have that like ideal, perfect brew set up firsthand. So if, if you can't do it, do, do a couple extract batches or find somebody who, who brews or connect with a club because the more you brew, the better you're going to be. Uh, and you're gonna you're gonna make a lot more friends because you need you're gonna need help brewing uh, and finishing all that beer. So yeah, the more you can brew, just go for it. Do it. Do you have a homebrew setup at home still? Yeah, yeah. I uh, actually I'm I'm just in the process of moving, so I've I've got things that are fermenting and I've got plans for the things that are, have not yet been brewed. Um, so uh, it's just in that in between step. But it's it's kind of one of those things like. Every time I'll, I'll go go online or see something in the store, I'm like, I I kind of want that. I kind of I, I want that fermenter. Just put it in my my tiny one bedroom apartment. It'll it'll fit. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to Lee and Carrie for their time. And you have to try Bridge. It's uh, all over Vancouver. It's even down. I've seen it in Washington State. So uh, the availability is good. So try it when you can. Well, but also visit their tasting room. It was a lovely day when I was out there, and it was just excellent. So Bridge Brewing Company in North Vancouver. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast. This is an independently produced podcast series. And if you would like to support this show for as little as a dollar an episode, you can go to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. Also, you can help by leaving us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you can leave a review where you listen to podcasts. It really helps us promote this podcast and get it into as many ears as possible. You can follow us on social media as well, facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer, and on Twitter at Cascadian Beer. For more information and to follow this podcast series, head over to the website at Cascadian.beer. Until next time, remember, support your local.